Hi, Oleg, uh, or Oleg Sherayev, right? This is the perfectly pronounced name again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hi, Adam. Hi. Uh, I forgot to mention the last time that uh, if someone watches your YouTube stream, they can easily recognize you by the glowing, red glowing mic, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the, 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 the a gimmick, right? It's a, it's a gaming mic that I got when I was looking for it. This was kind of sort of uh, the best that I had at the shop nearby. Okay. Is it actually hot? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not hot, but like it has this thing that. Ah, okay. And now I'm unmuted and you can't hear me. So there is a very little capacitor button and I can touch and mute myself in like no time. Yeah. Very convenient. Muting works. The listeners will recognize that because. Uh, yes. Perfect. Oh, look, it's, it's so convenient at all the like online meetings nowadays, right? Because. Like you have to juggle like a few different apps and then you have to set up the shortcuts and then sometimes you never like find them when you need to mute or unmute quickly. And this is just a lifesaver. So first, um, you already introduced yourself. So um, now we can focus on Graugium uh, exclusively if you like. It's, it's hard, you know, uh, to, to start with because uh, Graugium is one of the unique technologies which does actually everything and everything well. So... Um, but how you would introduce GraalVM to Java developers? What is your official OLEC introduction? Yes, uh, it's a it's a very interesting project. And in a nutshell, this is a runtime for your applications, right? So this is the the virtual machine that you will use to run your applications. And there are several features, so to speak, that distinguish them from from your other options. So it's high performance, it is a polyglot virtual machine, it is an embeddable virtual machine. So there are a number of characteristics, but in a nutshell, this is something that you, it will just power your applications, right? And you would use it to run it. Now, the question becomes not, oh, why should I use GraalVM, right? Because, because you already are using some sort of a runtime, most probably the, for Java developer, that is the open JDK based uh, uh, JDK that you're using. So the question becomes, why should you prefer GraalVM to something else? Yeah. Okay. And I was actually, so, uh, uh, this is hard actually to find, I think, because um, I had already a chat with Sean Smith and uh, he told me that uh, the GraalVM without the native compilation, so GraalVM is just a uh, Compatible with OpenJDK, you can say, right? And with OpenJDK 16, even. So you can just pick GraalVM and replace your OpenJDK without any modification that your application will run. What, what I learned is that um, it is the most performant uh, JVM on the market right now in just, you know, the how to call it in JVM mode. So, like, you know, the regular JVM operation, right? Yes. So, one of the this differences what GraalVM offers you is that it comes with the top-tier just-in-time compiler, uh, a different top-tier just-in-time compiler, right? So the, when you run your applications on GraalVM in the JIT mode, so normal Java applications, you run Java minus jar and the past to your application, it starts the normal Java hotspot virtual machine, and it runs absolutely in the same way like your any other hotspot uh, distribution would run, right? So it locates the classes, it starts loading them, verifying the classes, it starts executing them in the interpreter, but the top tier just-in-time compiler, this is the most optimizing compiler that is in distribution, is different. This comes from the GraalVM project, and when you when when 
the VM decides that certain parts of your application are need to be compiled again and again and again, right? So because they are getting hot, they're getting more use. Uh, it, it gives the the application code to this top tier compiler, and because what is the very, name of the top tier compiler? Compiler is, is that in Graal VM? Yeah, right. In Graal VM, it's called the Graal VM compiler. Oh, I thought this is not uh, a funky name like I don't know what uh, dinosaur or leopard or whatever, right? No, no, no. Unfortunately, not. We so this is have... boring. So you have to invent something. Usually, everything has a cool project name. Yes, and there there is a, a like a bit of history there, right? So, uh, but like in OpenJDK, the top tier just in time compiler is called C two. C two. So okay. C two C two is what you would use by default, right? If you're using say an OpenJDK build, uh, and the GraalVM compiler is what you're gonna use if you're running the the GraalVM builds. And because it's a great compiler, it will eventually optimize your code better, and then you potentially can have uh, the significant speedups uh, in, in running your applications. Mm -hmm. What is significant? This is, this, is, this is a great question, right? It's, it varies heavily, right? So GraalVM has two distributions that you can use. There is GraalVM Community Edition, which is the open source bits, which are uh, currently available under open source licenses on GitHub. Um, for Java components, this is, we, we typically try to mirror the original like runtime licenses there, uh -huh. right? So we want to be a good open source project and we want to be also a sort of an easy replacement for whatever you were using previously. So Java bits are under uh, GPL2++ exception, similar to OpenJDK, right? And then the Ruby, our Ruby components under the same licenses as the Ruby, uh, the like MRI and the JavaScript as the JavaScript and so on. And then uh, our code, Right, the, the code that we create, like for example, the Truffle framework, that, that there is no analogs for that, which is the framework that we use to implement the languages uh, on GraalVM. Those are under usually under UPL, which is a very permissive open source license. Mm -hmm. So we, we package the team, packages those open source components, we build them, we test them thoroughly, uh, and, and we make that available under the GraalVM community edition, distribution name. Right, mm -hmm. and it is, a little bit faster than uh, OpenJDK if you look at the at the very large corpus of the benchmarks. Mm -hmm. We know that it's faster, but if you just sometimes it's a little bit volatile, mm -hmm. right? So there uh, there is and the, so the performance results may vary specifically on the code which has been optimized very much to be fast on C two. Like it's it's already very fast on C two. It's very hard to be better. Right, so, okay. so, so there, the performance speed up could be not as great, or it could even regress a little bit. Yeah. On the code what, what I have to admit is, uh, in my projects, and, and, and what I refer to my project is project where I was involved, which could be project where we implemented everything, something together, or code readers. So I see actually lots of projects, usually in enterprise, the focus is on simplicity, right? So I don't think lots of projects are optimized for C2. There's just you know a uh, backend code, which is built more or less in domain, uh, not driven you know this like business first. So we have a lots of business concepts without too much low level optimization. So I, I wouldn't be concerned in enterprise with C two optimization, and uh, so uh, you know we oh, have absolutely. regular yeah mm -hmm. absolutely on on the code that normal like if you think of a normal Java developer. Like very often they write some business logic and performance considerations are 
if not on the radar, they just do like a, a quick check that there are no like obvious like pitfalls, like uh, like exponential complexity somewhere or like loading database entities in the loop, right? But normally we don't spend time optimizing the every yeah. last bit. So on, on code like that, very often GraalVM shows uh, performance boost over, uh, over C2. And it depends on the code path uh, and the workloads and everything. But it could be this and that. There are a couple of large companies that openly say that they use GraalVM Community Edition uh, technology. Namely, one if, of course, is Twitter. And they say that they get out of the box something like 10% performance okay. improvement, like th throughput improvement. And they can tune it further by uh, using various like uh, common line options to to like to tune it for their workloads, right? So, and then they get something like eight more percent uh, on that. And then recently we published a blog post based on the session by a Facebook engineer uh, where they say that they're running their Spark workloads, the big data workloads, and they also get something like 10-ish percent on GraalVM Community Edition. And then, this, like, so, but it varies. It could be larger, it could be slower. There are, like, the difference is GraalVM compiler comes with a very, very good top-tier, high-level optimizations. Uh -huh. Right, so we have excellent inlining, we have excellent uh, partial escape analysis, um, we have excellent polymorphic inlining. Those are the optimizations that trigger very early, right? And then the if if your code is kind of sort of abstract, if it uses abstractions, if you create objects, if you uh, use collect the collections library, right? If you if you have interfaces and through those interfaces you call any system of a plugins or anything like this, right? Then you will you will hit those uh, those optimizations, and then GraalVM will have a, a chance to to shine. What actually means that what you what you what you said right now? This is how application servers are implemented, right? Application servers and uh, microservice runtimes. So if you if you take a look at an application server internally, so application servers have plugins, they have interfaces, they have to have, be abstract because they they uh, are comprising you know plugins. So what it means yes. is it will be actually a good Good case just to start an application server on Graal and an OpenJDK and see what happens um, and even run it. You know, uh, uh, you can just you know because this will be a very good test, regardless what the developer is doing. You know, the yeah. uh, the code accesses hits the application server first, the entire execution pipeline one point of time and lands in your code. Yes. So then that would be a good case. And there mm -hmm. is definitely if you're if you if you're interested in getting some performance boost, you should run it. You should try it. It's it's a compatible you can just download, switch the path to a different Java, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Java binary and uh, run it and see what happens. Yeah, regarding installation. Regarding installation. What I remember at the beginning, it was like drop in replacement. So you could actually replace some binaries from your uh open JDK project and it became Graalvia. And uh today Maybe you can do this as well, or just download the entire GraalVM, right? <laughs> well, it is easier to download the just entire GraalVM because, well, we don't publish individual binaries. Uh, no, but like, you remember that at the beginning, if you have GraalVM, you could uh, you you could download I don't know a, a parts and you could patch the existing one. This was the official ins installation at the very beginning of GraalVM, and now you can just download the entire thing, right? So which. Yes, yes. At uh, the beginning, what you are referring at the beginning is before GraalVM started uh, trying to become this industrial project because the, before okay. the first initial releases, I think. Right. So, yeah, this is, I, I would like, it is possible, right? It is possible mm -hmm. probably if you figure out uh, where to put the correct jar files and where to put the libraries and if you have the correct version. So, the hotspot and the compiler integrates 
integrate using JVMCI, which is the Java Virtual Machine Compiler Interface, which is the interface the plug in third-party compilers. It was added in Java 9 uh, with the JEP 243, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's an officially part of OpenJDK. And, and if, if the versions of every component kind of match, then you can get uh, you can get similar setup. Okay. So if you if you know what you're doing, you can you can maybe just build the open source components yourself, only the particular jars or something, and patch it into your OpenJDK distribution. For uh, me, it was an interesting fact because what it meant to me at the beginning that uh, my class libraries remain absolutely compatible. You know, because only the binaries are different, but my uh, bytecode, the Java class libraries are, I can pick from OpenJDK. So it is because, you know, at, for, uh, at the beginning, as CrowdVM was announced, for me, it was not clear whether it was, is this complete new implementation of everything, like Apache Harmony or whatever, or just the, uh, the runtime. And uh, with that, at the beginning, where I saw, okay, I can just replace the binaries and everything remains the same, it meant I'm using now OpenJDK, I don't know what was in the beginning, 11 probably, or 10. Maybe it started with 10, I think. And um, and the CrowdVM just now uh, replaced the hotspot compiler. Yep. So for me, it was a clear, clearer, because if you download everything, you know you don't know what's inside. So uh, to, to clarify that, um, the CrowdVM is just, you know, the how to call it, the, the compiler, and all of the class libraries are still OpenJDK. Yes, and this is currently still the same, right? So when yeah. we built with, when we built the thing, uh, the, our distributions, we take an open JDK builds, right? Uh, so for example, if you build GraalVM based on JDK 11, uh, for the community edition, we take uh, open JDK from JDK updates 11 project. We backport the latest JVMCI into that uh, because the compiler needs the latest JVMCI because they, they evolve together. Um, and then we built on top of that, we put in the compiler, we enable the compiler using the normal hotspot mechanism for enabling JVMCI compiler. Um, if you if you if you do the print flag finals, you will even see that there is a the, the use JVMCI compiler is used somewhere. So they, this is the same thing. The class library is the same. Uh, what is a little bit different is that the compiler is different and then there are also the GraalVM related jar files are on the class pass automatically. In person and uh, one, one I will I have to interrupt you once again. This Java C compiler, I guess, is identical, right? What you refer to the compiler is the uh, is the hotspot compiler, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. This was also because, because you say you have to be careful if you, you know tell the <laughs> Java developer that the compiler is different. They they may you know yes. think this is not like the Java C. Or do you remember back then the Jites compiler from IBM, which was uh, a very yeah, fast? Were... Yeah, there was a native compiler which compiled Java to bytecode, which was very fast but not always compatible, right? You remember this is, that? This is this is this is very interesting. The, the the way you phrase it is is very interesting. You know how people say that first you need to be correct, right, and only then you can be fast. Mm -hmm. right? So if you're sometimes incompatible, that means that you're just not the not the not, not the thing that you're trying to 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 claim you are. But yes, there were jikes. There were a number. Like actually, like the whole sort of the zoo, if I may call it that way, a zoo of like the collection, the the community of the JVM implementations is kind of very, very large. There are a few research JVMs, there are a few uh, kind of tweaks on uh, on OpenJDK, right? There was this uh, DCEVM project that is uh, was capable of class reloading uh, to a certain extent. 
uh, I think there, there there are lots of them, right? If yeah, you go, if you, I'm reading now the Wikipedia and uh, the 2010, the Jax uh, is no more. There's no no more actively developed. And the cool story is in 2004, the Jax compiler was able to partially support Java five, so it 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 was able to compile. Uh, some parts of, of Java 5, which yeah. was interesting. Right? It, it was ahead of time, ahead of its time. Yeah. Right. So, yes, when we talk compiler, when they say compiler, this is the specifically the optimizing compiler, the top tier compiler, right? Yeah. The, the, the most important one, because even when you run your application, so first you compile it with Java C, mm -hmm. which is a very sort of, like, it's not a very sophisticated compiler. It, mm -hmm. it like, takes your source code and then, like, translates that into bytecode. But so it this is, is written compiler. in C, in Java, right? The Java C compiler is even written in Java, as I remember. Yes, Java C yeah. is written in Java. It is interesting. We can build a Java C compiler into the native image of uh -huh. the Java C compiler, and then it it uh, it starts very fast if you want to compile a few classes. And there are there are some challenges with well that approach. We may probably get to that. Some challenges with the annotation processors, which mm -hmm. are inherently dynamic, and they just get to into use at the uh, runtime of Java C compiler. So yeah, but if you don't want to use annotation processors, you can compile that into native image and then your compiler will be very snappy. Mm -hmm. But okay, back to back to the GraalVM distributions, right? So and performance impact. You can try that, you can get performance differences. Many people do that, many people use that. If your application is um so you said the application servers probably can have some benefits. Yes, probably. Also if you are just running a small microservice, you have to understand that your the stack, the technology stack before it hits your code. Mm -hmm. Say if you benchmark in Hello World, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the the stack before your it hits your code is optimized for CPU. There's probably Netty, which will use the the native memory for for the queues and like the epoll techniques and everything, right? So it, there's quite a bit of native code. There will be like a very thin layer of your application framework. Which would naturally, if you just use a like a one controller, mm -hmm. right? You don't you don't get you don't even get like any splitting of the code paths because you just you just go into that one URL. So you have to understand that there the impact of compiling and optimizing your code better will mm -hmm. probably not be visible. So it's like mm -hmm. it's other factors at play. So for the like for the best results, you want to actually try it on your. Um, like sort of production or relevant workloads uh, to see whether it brings the impact or not. Mm -hmm. And it like, yeah, as I said, the, there are like high level optimizations which are really, really good. And then there are probably some space uh, left for optimizing kind of lower level things, mm -hmm. right? It just, so, so what so what, what we learned so far is that uh, GraalVM is compatible with OpenJDK license-wise, uh, class-wise, class library-wise, they're the same classes. And uh, the main benefit is a better or smarter C2 compiler, yeah. right? This is the performance. So yes. it means I could actually always use Graalvm. So there are no downsides. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. This is where so, I'm going with it. This is the long story short, you know, because, um, I mean, you know, big enterprises are um, concerned with compatibility, licensing. They say, oh, Graalvm comes from Oracle, a little bit dangerous. So uh, then what you learn right now, the same license, uh, the same class files, uh, but better um, native compilation. Yeah. I say it this way, yeah. not the Java C, rather than you know advanced internal bytecode yeah. to native Be code compilation. Yes. Better JIT compilation. Better JIT, JIT compilation. compilation. This is the term, right. because I already yes. had a, a talk with uh, Sean, and uh, for me the compilation is confusing because there are two two kinds of compilation: source code to bytecode and bytecode to native code. 
and uh, we should use two terms, right? So we have JIT compilation yes. and source compilation, maybe. Yes, and there are also there are also like a few JIT compilations that happen at runtime, right? So there is yeah. this first day fast compilers that produces like uh, decent code, and then uh, which okay, now, go ahead. So now let's cover all the compilations <laughs> from Java C right. to native code with Graalvium. So right, right, okay, okay, okay. Let me, you're putting me on the spot like that. But okay. Yes, of course, you have zero. a red mic, which is glowing. So. Tier zero. Tier zero is just the interpreter. So you don't mm -hmm. actually compile your code. And you you just, like, so the JVM looks at your instructions in the bytecode form and executes them. Mm -hmm. Tier one is what we call the C1 compiler mm -hmm. without any profiling. So mm -hmm. it looks at the bytecode, it compiles it uh, fairly fast. Uh, and then tier two is. C1 compiler with minimal profiling. So it looks at the method counters and uh, uh, the, the the loop counters, the back edges in the loops. Right? Mm -hmm. So it just gets uh, the the frequencies of uh, code execution and whatnot. And then tier three is the C1 with the full profiling. So it gets as much information as, as, it, as it can. Uh, and of course, while executing the previous tiers, right? And then, and then it compiles with C1 and then tier four is the in the OpenJK builds that would be the C2 compiler, and it always comes, uh, it always uses the full profile that it has available, uh, and in GraalVM that would be the GraalVM compiler. So there, there are like there are levels. There are the tiered JIT compilation that happens. Uh, JIT which compilation. Also... But before we have the source compilation, the Java C compilation yes, was yeah, uh, was yeah, doesn't yeah, matter yeah. Yeah, because it's outside yeah, of JVM. Java C compilation. Doesn't matter, like, so you can use GraalVM and you can use libraries from Maven Central, which were compiled by some other mm -hmm. Java C or maybe Java Eclipse, uh, this uh, Eclipse compiler for yeah. Java, yeah. Uh, or like any, any, like you can, you can have like the bytecode that you generate with ASM or that, that classes are generated at runtime or you, like, so it, like the JVM works on the bytecode level. Yeah, exactly. Right, so so what you can use Maven, you know, and, and just uh, with a little bit of effort, you can copy the target folder to, to GraalVM, and then it will be happy with the bytecode. And all the compilations, what you mentioned yeah, right absolutely. now, is bytecode to native, exactly. Okay. Yes, cool. absolutely. Right. So that's why, that's why, like, it also works the same way for other JVM languages, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, Scala doesn't produce your Java source code, but, like, it goes directly to bytecode, and GraalVM is very happy at executing that. Kotlin and Groovy and uh, whatnot, right? So, and then it, the, the GraalVM also has the Enterprise Edition, which is the product by Oracle, which is proprietary uh, distribution of GraalVM, uh, which is currently part of Java SC subscription. So if you use Oracle JDK, mm -hmm. uh, we, we are via the, the Java SC subscription, you should be able to use GraalVM Enterprise Edition. Uh, it's free in Oracle Cloud. Um, yeah, there are a number of ways to get it or try it and everything. What it's, it means is but... free in Oracle Cloud. It means if I would run a Docker application on any Oracle Cloud service, I could use GraalVM Enterprise Edition? It works like that, or you know. Yes, I think I think so. I th I think so. I think so. So because like on the Oracle Cloud, uh, you should be able to run GraalVM Enterprise Edition and the license. If you find a link, uh, send me the link to the show notes. Uh, this is of course, you know, this can change all the licensing, but it's oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, so it's the same as Oracle JDK. So it's free for evaluation and development. Uh, so if you develop your applications for GraalVM, then you can you can use it. And GraalVM Enterprise Edition differentiates. Like the foot in the like in the first head, it differentiates on performance. So the just-in-time compiler is better. It is more sophisticated. It has been more 
engineering power and research put into that, like a lot more work into that. So it is smarter, it is better. So it produces more optimized code. Uh, and it is like, so on average, it's something like 30% faster than, uh, than CT. Like okay. Average, average, like, so here it's very kind of sort of hand weighty term. This is something that I would expect. Uh, if you would give me an application, this is something that I would expect, for example, right? Okay. But of course, it also varies based on workloads and everything. Yeah. Uh, if, if if the code patterns kind of are nice for the GraalVM compiler or maybe not nice for C2, then the difference could be like several times faster, right? And then if, if, if C2 is great at optimizing a particular bit of code, then they could be sort of equalish with, with the enterprise edition. Uh, but the enterprise edition is supposed to be universally better. Uh, and if it's not faster than your workload in CQ, the team would consider that a bug. You can submit that and we'll make it faster. That's interesting. So you get right. decent performance in community edition and uh, we can optionally pay more and expect better performance. If it's not faster, we can file a bug. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So that is that is that is how, how it works. It would right. be a, uh, a cool, uh, actually, uh, business model for me, right? I, I can say, okay, I make your code faster. You you could pay me something, and it'd be more than this what a client would pay for Oracle, you know. And if it's not faster, I will file a bug at Oracle, and you know this will be my new business model as a consultant, and I'm on yeah. vacation. Yeah, so yeah. I will just you know redirect all the requests to Oracle Labs, and uh, and just you know be in between. This would be a, like facet yeah. pattern, you know. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you if you find that bit of arbitrage there, then then absolutely you can with machine learning on Oracle Cloud, of course. So you know, I will find this arbitrage on, on with machine learning or Oracle Cloud, where I could use Gravia and we'll find it faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the, in the nutshell. In, like so, in a nutshell, that is the the perfect like one line sort of uh, description of. Yeah. How Java developers can benefit from Graalvm immediately right now and without a lot of sweat, right? Yeah. Just use it as your JDK. It mm -hmm. is compatible. It can run your code faster, uh, and that's it. Right? Yeah, okay. and this is um, um, not that widely known. What, what, I, what, what, what surprised me: many people uh, know uh, Graalvm just because of the native compilation, which cover later. So, and the first part is uh, if I if I tend this, that they are surprised that uh, actually the Graalvm is also a very decent. OpenJDK basically, OpenJDK on stewards, right? So uh, this is not this is not all. So there are some interesting parts on the in the JVM part, and this is you already mentioned that poly, polyglot programming, and uh, the interesting part is that um, you can actually load supported languages, which is R, Ruby, Python, WebAssembly, I think JavaScript, and uh, they can communicate even with, with each other. So it, it seems like the GraalVM comes with a metadata protocol. So all the JVM languages, or no JVM, sorry, all the third-party languages are sharing, and the languages are executed on actually the JVM. So that there is no security risk because it's not like you know the Python is running in Python interpreter; it's actually running on uh, on the JVM. And I think the framework is called Truffle, right? Yes. So Graalvm supports a number of other languages which are non-JVM. So JVM languages work natively through the bytecode, right? Very mm -hmm. simple, and it works through the same machinery as in OpenJDK. And the support for other languages is implemented a little bit differently. So there is a framework called Truffle for mm -hmm. implementing languages on top of the Graalvm. And what it gives you, it gives you the API to create an interpreter for your language, mm -hmm. right? So you, 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 you have to parse your language, like, program and then create an abstract syntax tree uh, of that program 
using the 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 Truffle API. Mm -hmm. So essentially what you're writing, you're writing an interpreter for language, you're fixing the semantics of the the language that you're gonna run. Mm -hmm. uh, you use that, you use Java for that, which is very cool. Right. Mm -hmm. So and you look so your language implementation consists of oh, there are like a number of node classes that represents mm -hmm. different nodes in the AST. For example, there will be like a, a plus node. And the plus node will be like if you have two children, two like expressions, uh, two values that it needs to kind of add together. And there will be a method that describes how this addition should happen, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's like, it, I don't know, you can convert operands to strings and then add them together, or you can add, convert them to like numbers, or if they're not numbers, you can throw exceptions and whatnot. So you describe the semantics of the language. Mm -hmm. And then GraalVM at runtime. So and you describe that as a Java application, right? So it's your jar file. Uh, you make it available within GraalVM through the, the certain like mechanism. And then when you writing your Java application, what you can do, you can, uh, create a context for particular languages that are available for you, uh, and then load and evaluate code in those languages within that context. And what it means they, is that that program will be parsed, the AST using the truffle objects will be created for you and then it will start executing. Mm -hmm. So, and as this is an interpreter, this is sort of very simple. You, you run through the tree and you evaluate every node as you see that, right? So the same way as like a Java interpreter in, interprets bytecode, the kind of sort of, you just go and whatever you see, you execute, you say like, oh, this node execute method, next node execute method, next node execute method. But then at runtime, there's like a very fascinating things happen. So first, your interpreter gets specialized and partially evaluated together with your program. Mm -hmm. And this is a very interesting technique. Uh, it's, uh, it's called also the, the Futamura projections, right? How you can, how you can sort of fuse the application and the interpreter running that into one call, like in, into one entity. So you mm -hmm. sort of can think about that as inlining your application that you're running into the interpreter. Yeah. Uh, uh, just to recap, as uh, an application developer, what you are saying is you give me a framework where I can define my own language or my own parser, which parses my own language. So I could create whatever language I like, which is uh, interpreted by Truffle or, or, or Gradium by, by your, however you call it. And now the, the cool thing happens because the framework is written in Java and compiled to bytecode, it is optimized as any other bytecode because it's a part of Java, right? Well, so first it will, it will, it will undergo this partial evaluation thing. Ah, okay. right. So like, so the framework of like your language implementation, of course, is Java. So it is compiled to bytecode and it can run and it can, it can get JIT compiled. But the, that, that is, that brings very little benefit usually because, um, the, the interpreter is in itself is like a small part of your thing. And then your okay. application is, is, is a, like a second, very large part of input to like your mm -hmm. application, like entity, right? So what Gravium does at the truffle level, it kind of sort of fuses them together. It partially evaluates, like it specializes the interpreter to execute this particular program. Okay. Right. And like automatically, and then it creates the, the, it, the, and then the it bytecode compiles... interpreter you meant, right? Bytecode no, interpreter? No. No, 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 the truffle interpreter. Yeah. The truffle interpreter. Yes. And then it doesn't compile that to bytecode intermediate okay. representation, right? But it it creates the Graal, uh, Graal VM compiler graphs like internal representation out of this 
partial evaluated like okay. program, and then it compiles that to machine code. So okay, so to understanding this, I have my tree which uh, comes from from my language, and uh, GraalVM takes the tree and transforms the tree to something which is more understandable by GraalVM or more optimized uh, for further compilation, right? Uh, like a translator. No, not exactly. But like in a, in a natural, so think about natural, it. You have in, in, you have an interpreter that can run any type of programs. And yes. like, for example, your language is uh, adding two objects together. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so you will have a node and then you'll, it can add like A and B, left yeah. and right sides. Yeah. Right. And then you start running your application and your application only gives you numbers. Mm -hmm. Right. For example. Yeah. So, so what GraalVM can do, it can sort of transform your interpreter at runtime, the yeah. representation of the interpreter into the version that only accepts numbers. Uh-huh. And and then and then if you pass anything else, it just enters sort of the 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 optimization routine there. So okay. if, if this is similar what Naswan did. Remember Naswan? JavaScript language, yes. they assumed like the type is int and if something else will come, they will reevaluate whatever came, right? Yes. Yes. Sort of like that. Sort okay. of like that. But like so, that happens automatically, and that doesn't just happen for the types of the of the of the uh, the types of your data that comes in, right? But what it can do, it can sort of transform the interpreter that you're having and kind of specialize that for the particular. Yeah, I, I got you. The problem right. is in my language; it is too abstract, and GraalVM can interpret that and then sees what actually in there, and it has yeah. heuristics and say, okay. In this particular case, I'm assuming it's always the case, and then it can run faster, right? Yes, yes. And then it passes that to the JIT compiler, and the JIT yeah. compiler can also compile kind of sort of the mix of your application and uh, the mix of your language inter like interpreter, the language mm -hmm. semantics, and the application that you're running. And that's like this JIT compilation comes to like it is given for you to you for free because you don't actually write the compiler, you don't actually write the VM, you just write an interpreter for your language. Mm -hmm. But the end of end result is fascinatingly uh, has very decent performance compared to the runtimes where this compilation has been has been done like an like manually created and supported yeah. for for a number of years. And the interesting part is uh, that the GraalVM team came already with several interpreters which are ready to use. Yeah. And, uh, yes. Yeah, and th this is crazy because you get the recent JavaScript interpreter, for instance. Yes, our JavaScript is compatible with ECMAScript 20, I think 21, enabled by default. Right? Which is we crazy, have... I, really, uh, no kidding, because it's a cutting edge, actually. It is. It is. Yeah. I think we ha have implemented some uh, proposals for the from the 2022 or we are like on track with that so yeah. we are a, as compatible with the javascript standards as like say normal node distribution and VA exactly per accident so, i ran one year uh, all my node builds on gradient and i and, and in one time i forgot i i um, i had to upgrade something and i say why it's growl and then i forgot actually so this was a funny experiment you know all, all the all the builds and didn't recognize that this was by accident and and then um, no yes this is really compatible and um, so what is the next language right so just like just to address that in the past yes we had no just no just distribution at part of the base builds right mm -hmm. uh 
And now it's just a separate component that you install. Mm -hmm. So now if you download just the GolVM distribution, you don't get Node by default, but you have to install that uh, as, a, as a sort of installable component. The next distribution is, for example, uh, Ruby. Mm -hmm. Ruby. Uh, Ruby is compatible. I think we are targeting 2.7 currently, mm -hmm. uh, uh, compatibility. The interesting bit there is that we also run not just Ruby code, but also we run the native extensions through the same mechanism. So okay. we have the mm -hmm. LLVM bit code interpreter. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, when you when your Ruby code calls into like a C function for like the, like some I don't know JSON parsing or something, we run that C also uh, on GraalVM in the same way, mm -hmm. right? So there is an interpreter and it gets. Uh, specialized and then it gets uh, compiled. The cool bit there is like what you said that you can run different languages on the same JVM, right? With the coolest bit is that not just we can run them, but because they all look like this abstract syntax tree interpreters for us, like mm -hmm. from the runtime point of view, we can also compile across the language barrier. Mm -hmm. So we can take, you can have a like a line of Ruby and line of C code that call each other, and there is no barrier between that. We can, for example, inline the C code into your Ruby code. Or so what do you, what do you mean to crazy? I could actually have, uh, let's say, more realistically, JavaScript and Python is also supported. And Python is very popular in yes. the cloud, for instance. So JavaScript yes. and Python. So GraalVM will combine the, uh, the, the both uh, trees and optimize them together, right? Yes. So yes. it will look like, you know, for GraalVM, like one language, it doesn't matter because it only sees the interpreter, the tree. And this is the JavaScript and Python, and it will find you know optimization cross language optimizations, right? Yes. So it can, for example, uh, inline yeah Python into JavaScript. So yeah, and there will be no like method calls or anything like that there. Uh, and by the way, uh, I, which... I I use that with Java because uh, this was the reasons why I use GraalVM a lot. There are lots of uh, useful JavaScript libraries. Uh, my what I remember was uh, this was um, Mustache. And handlebars, like you know, the templating, and we use that a lot yeah. for, let's say, invoice generation, like you know, we, something like replacement of velocity. And why we do yeah. this? Because the you know the the web designers already knew master, so they created for us the templates. So we just use the templates. This was actually the business case. And um, so in my particular case, Java called JavaScript, and uh, the uh, and I loaded to the JavaScript runtime. Uh, the one-to-one, -one, the ready-to-use JavaScript library from whenever I just downloaded that, Mustache or, or, or uh, I think it's Mustache or Handlebars, both are very similar. And, and then it just run very quickly. And uh, so this is what I did the most with GraalVM and, uh, and then became you know, curious because in one project with some Python people who wanted to implement some business logic in Python because they knew that. So we called from Java Python, you know, and this was, uh, this was uh, the more boring enterprise cases where we used uh, the, you know, the, the coexistence of polyglot. Yeah, and this worked surprisingly well. But it's also more exciting from the from the developer point of view, right? Because with JavaScript, we had Nashorn, we had Rhino, like, yeah. like it was, it was it's, it's not something that you, 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 you like, it is groundbreaking and GraalVM takes a very different approach to those. Uh, and GraalVM is Nashorn compatible, or at least, you know, compatible there, to there, call it that you can use yeah. the same API, right? The, the, the scripting API. Support. You can use the script engine API, though I would recommend to use the GraalVM Polyglot API uh, because there is a, a better options for configuration, uh, mm -hmm. like security and whatnot. But uh, there is also a NASRN compatibility mode, which makes JavaScript behave more like NASRN. 
uh, which is where it differs from how, for example, V8 does things. Uh, but you can, there is a, certainly, like you can migrate to GraalVM, uh, the GraalVM's JavaScript implementation. Uh, it's fairly smooth migration. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Python is more interesting probably because there was, there was Jython, but with, that was, uh, like, I don't think I've heard many good words about Jython. Oh, uh, I remember in 1997, developers came to me and asked me, why are you using Java and not Jython? And I have no to, to justify, uh, yeah, because <laughs> I don't need Jython. So this is right. all, yeah, Jython is always, I remember the project where, uh, everyone asked me why I'm not using Jython. It's like, yeah, because I'm using Java. At one point, I just stopped argumenting. You know? Yes, yes. So, like, but GraalVM's Python, right, our Python implementation is modern Python compatible. It runs modern Python. Uh, we run native extensions through the LLVM pipeline. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, there are some corner cases on for particular native extensions because, uh, well, Python foreign function interface is not as documented and well specified as, uh, say, JNI. Mm -hmm. Right, so there are like extensions could do like various, uh, they can depend on the implementation details of, of Python runtime, right? So if you want to switch the Python runtime and run the same code, then it's very hard to, it's very hard, right? So we are fixing those cases if you're running a particular uh, a Python module, right, Python package, and then it doesn't work for some reason, please raise an issue on GitHub. We are always interested in learning uh, what parts of the ecosystem you're running and using, and we would like to make that, uh, make that work, right? Even mm -hmm. if it's not fast at first, like we would like to actually run it. So, and then, yeah, but like you can run them together. You can run, run all three of them together in the same runtime, mm -hmm. right? And then uh, for JavaScript, I know many people use that for the server-side rendering of React apps, mm -hmm. uh, because then they don't have to, they don't have to sort of in another Node.js process just to render like HTMLs. Uh, yeah, and, and Node.js on in CI/CD is terrible, so uh, it is uh, way better, you know, to, to to use like you know your uh, everything in one GraalVM. Yeah, well, if you have if your application is in Java, right? Like it, yeah. you don't want you don't want two runtimes running. Yeah, exactly. So, and then the, so it, you have Python, you have Ruby. Uh, we have WebAssembly, which mostly kind of sort of uh, helps JavaScript because the JavaScript ecosystem now gets enriched and enhanced with the WebAssembly modules. Uh, we Can have actually number... compile Java to WebAssembly with Graalvm. <laughs> no, no. So the, we will cover that maybe a bit about uh, around native image, right? Uh, okay. But in short, no. Okay. So, and I don't know particularly that much about WebAssembly. Uh, but I think the current spec doesn't offer, for example, a GC implementation, right? So you have to bring your runtime with you, uh, which makes it a little bit awkward as well. Okay. But uh, yes, so like WebAssembly is very good for native languages with, which don't have the runtime. So okay. that's why you have like C, C++, Rust. Mm -hmm. uh, you also can have runtimes, like there are a number of examples, like TinyGo, and, uh, but they bring their own runtime to WebAssembly, I think. But this is to the extent of my knowledge about WebAssembly. We do run WebAssembly in the sense that we can, if you have a WebAssembly program, we can run it on GraalVM. Uh, but we don't, we don't compile that to WebAssembly. And what I saw, you're also implementing the VASI interface, which is like a POSIX interface. So the assembly can call actually via VASI GraalVM, right? This is what I just briefly saw. I, yes, I, 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 know, I know that the VASI is a WebAssembly system interface, which is sort of the, the interface that is targeted 
for like server-side WebAssembly runtimes. Mm -hmm. uh, so your WebAssembly program can actually do something like meaningful besides just the warming yeah. up the universe. Exactly. Right? So, and the, as much as that is a part of the spec, I think we are implementing that. Yeah, uh, what else is Yeah, yeah, we, we need to be compatible. Uh, but it, I don't think we're actually calling GraalVM through that. But uh, or, or the operating system. I mean, you, you know, you, you will have to yeah, yeah. call file or whatever. So the, you will have to provide the, the interface to the operating system somehow, whether through Graal or not. Yeah, but yeah. It, yes, yeah. yes. So so most probably the implementation of those like system calls uh, are based on the Java implementation. Okay. So which is kind yeah. of like if you think if you think about this that, is what I meant. You know, this is already confused because the Java implementation. I meant Graal because everything now is Graal for me. But yes. it's just Java. It's plain Java. Maybe you know, plain yeah. file or whatever they're doing is just it's through Java. Libraries is what I mean. Yes. Yeah. So, like, just to give you an example of why this having an interpreter approach is so so significant, right? In mm -hmm. in the like maintenance burden, like re re reduction. Uh, at some point of time, JavaScript added those big numbers, like the like sort of a big integer, mm -hmm. similar to big integer thing, where you can have a very long number and that would be a, a literal, right? So, like, it's very hard to like kind of build that into your runtime system. When, when you're already building the compiler manually and everything, for us, it was very simple. We added a new node type that was like a, a big big number. Mm -hmm. right? And the implementation of that reuses the, the, the big integer facilities, right? With, with the, like implement that big number using the big integer and it's all, it was a very small commit or a series of commits. Okay. Right? So, so, so that's why, that's why having the, just the interpreter is so, so powerful because you can, you can keep up with the changes uh, fairly trivially. Mm -hmm. And then, so you can run multiple languages together. What you also can do, the tooling works on all the languages the same because all the languages are naturally like just trees, mm -hmm. right? So if you have uh, some tool, like a debugger that works on the trees, then, uh, well, there is no reason why it cannot support all the languages. Mm -hmm. There could be that minimal interventions required. Like for example, you can mark the some nodes as being like an expressions that can be evaluated or like, uh, the value of that can be highlighted in the debugger, but but those are like small, trivial sort of changes, right? And then, for example, you can use the GraalVM and so what you what you are saying now that uh, because everything is a tree and is uh, understood by GraalVM, all the languages supported by GraalVM can be debugged using standard debugging Java tools. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not the standard debugging Java tools, but like there's a debugger implementation. I think it's based on the Chromium inspector protocol currently. Uh, if we, so, but like, yes, you can, you can debug them using a single debugger. Single and debugger which ships with Gravium. Uh, debugger protocol ships with Gravium. If you enable that, it will give you an URL and you open that in Chrome. And then the Chrome debugger uh, for JavaScript will also allow you to debug other languages. Which is uh, uh, even better because you don't need ID. I mean, yeah, you right? don't need ID for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can debug in the browser like that, uh, which is which is very very interesting. Or the profiler, right? Because all mm -hmm. the languages are just naturally trees. You can instrument them in the same way and like uh, take the sampling uh, or or trace the execution. And where there is an instrumentation library, where mm -hmm. you can instrument your application like using like snippets and registering on events, uh, various things. Right. It all works the same for all, all languages as well. So you can, for example, run your Ruby application and have your instrumentation code being in JavaScript. Mm -hmm. 
which is so like there are very and even you can and even you can profile cross language calls i assume right so if ruby calls javascript yeah, yeah, you can you, you have uh, and even debug step by step you can call from java over uh, ruby to javascript for instance you can cross step the entire call stack right yes yes well java is a little bit different when you run it through bytecode so uh, because, yeah. like that will but like if you say talk about the graalvm languages then absolutely Mm -hmm. Oh, also, we have <laughs> almost forgot. Huh, silly me. There is a Java and Truffle implementation. I mean, right? so uh, stop, is... stop that. I, I, on purpose, try to know not to mention Espresso right, right. now. But uh, uh, so we have JavaScript, Ruby, Python, R, right? R. We have R. We have R, definitely. Uh, we have WebAssembly. There are a number of community languages that are also uh, implemented. Right? So there is a... But this with GraalVM built by the GraalVM team. So you get... More or less, not official support, you know, maybe official support if you buy the enterprise support, but it is officially developed together with Gravia, which is appealing for me. Yes. So, like, there are li different uh, kind of statuses on that. Some of the components are experimental, some of them are supported. So, you have to check with, uh, uh, with the tables and with the docs, uh, but you get the maintenance, right? So, like, let's not call it support uh, because that is a strong word, but you get the maintenance of the languages uh, yeah. by the Gravia team. Mm -hmm. Right, but it doesn't. It doesn't like the community languages are not like worse in a sense. Like they, they are very good, stable, maintained implementations. They installed, for example, into like you can take Gradient distribution and install, uh, for example, this uh, small talk, truffle squeak, uh, implementation into that using the normal Gradient's uh, uh, this updater utility. Just the same way as you would install any any other language. It's just it's maintained by by a different team. Okay. And I know that other people, other people develop languages, and some of them are in-house, some of them are publicly available, which is very, very cool to see, uh, because you can you can very easily kind of see in action this promise that, oh, you can implement your language in GraalVM, and it will be fast, right? Yeah. And like the the effort required for that will be uh, much smaller than if you would start implementing everything by hand. There was this fast is interesting. What interests me is even more appealing, you know, the seamless integration. This is what I like the most. Because as I started, you know, with the JavaScript integration, I was not that interested in speed. I was more interested that it actually works. And 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 uh, because you know, if I generated something, it was like a report, so no one cared about the performance. So I was always you know second thing, but it's actually fast. What I what is important for my project right now. But uh, that it actually is so seamless. This is genius because you can, that you can yes. combine all the programming languages and speed on top of that is, of course, even more interesting. But uh, the seamless integration, which is this, what's what's, what's interesting. Um, okay, and now about espresso. So now we get uh, how, how you call it meta circular, right? So um, yes, we, you can now run right. Java on Truffle, which runs on GraalVM and uh, uses uh, OpenJDK Java. So Java runs on Java, right? Yes. So and what it means yes. is, at, at one point of time, the GraalVM team uh, has said, okay, there's nothing else to do, and they try you know, to run Java on Java just for fun, right? Too much vacations. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> what is the use case? Someone asked me, what is the yes. use case? Yes, this is very interesting. So you have to understand that GraalVM team at Oracle Labs, Oracle Labs is a research and development institution within Oracle. Right, so it's an it's a uh, people do academic work. People actually push the boundaries of what we know about computer science, how to run like languages and runtimes, 
this is the the bleeding edge research, like research in programming languages and so on. There are other teams that work labs which are do which do other things, like there is machine learning and graph databases and and some other projects. But like I'm talking about Gravium, right? This is the about runtimes, about languages. The we do academic work uh, at the absolute. Uh, absolute like limits of what we currently know about how to do languages mm-hmm. um, and Gravium Gravium is a very interesting target for that because it's very easy to create new languages it's mm-hmm. also very easy to create and explore new tooling and it's very easy to create and explore new optimizations because well everything is in Java everything is uh, kind of sort of hackable very easily uh, well to a certain degree of easiness right it's, yeah. you still have to have the expertise to some level, but it's uh, much easier than some other projects, for example. Uh, and yeah, I think it's the, the Java and Truffle implementation started as the, and the, the internship project, okay. right? And then there was a, an intern and uh, we have a number of internship projects every year, uh, which is which is very, very good chance if you're interested in compilers or languages. So, and then, and then, yeah, and then it took shape. And then it was a very interesting approach. So, because normally we have the sort of the language interpreter at the source code interpreter. So Java bytecode, like Java and Truffle runs on the bytecode level, right? Mm-hmm. As well as has everything in the Java ecosystem. So it's a bytecode interpreter, which is a little bit different, uh, and it allows for different optimizations. So we explore that approach, and then uh, wait a second. What it, does it mean that the that is not an interpreter? So the espresso is. It it is inter- it's it's not a like a source code tree interpreter, so it doesn't take the Java source code. Okay, it not, this is different to, to Python, Ruby, and the others, right? Uh, y- yes, it's similar to the LLVM bytecode interpreter because LLVM bytecode is also a, like sort of bytecode like language, uh, but it's not it, like it doesn't take Java source code. Because uh, what I understood is like you know in um, like in JavaScript, so uh, there is an interpreter for JavaScript which uh, which uh, is written in Truffle. And then Gravium yes. takes it, which would be interesting, actually, hack to use a source code interpreter for Java, right? Would be also possible, it, actually. It would be also possible. It's it's also like so when you say Java, right? This is Java source. This this is yes, in like Java in general, right? It yeah. is a little bit. It's a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit complex subject, right? Because you cannot just call something Java. Mm-hmm. Right, because like Java means certain things. There are certain APIs that have to be present. There are certain tests and verification processes that you have to pass ah, to call right. something a Java implementation. Right, there is like you cannot just make something that runs uh, that runs, for example, like Java source code. Right, you You're have right. to if you because if you would use the Java in source code interpreter, you couldn't load uh, bytecode libraries then, right? In Classpath, you could only run you know the Java source code which is available to Gravium. But if you would try to oh. call jars, it wouldn't work. Then this would be the problem, right? Yeah. Yes, that would be the problem. <laughs> that would be the problem. <laughs> a significant uh, problem. <laughs> yes, but also there are like there. You have to implement the calls to native, right? You have to implement yeah. TNI. You yeah. have to implement various various uh, runtime components like uh, the verifier, the class file verifier, uh, mm-hmm. because otherwise you cannot be Java uh, implement. You can sort of run some Java programs, but you cannot be a Java implementation. Yeah. So for, to be to be a Java implementation, you have to be actually compatible and pass the tests, and uh, so there is a whole like this uh, kind of sort of. Uh, yeah, like Shell, you you are aware of Beanshell? I think this was this was like the Java source code script language. I don't remember that project back then. I, I think it was remember the Shell. name. I think 
I think, yes, I think it didn't fly very much. <laughs> it was actually fairly popular in some enterprise projects. They, they, they store Java source code in databases and executed it on demand, like for scripting purposes. So, uh, but um, yes, yeah, but remind me about that later. Remind me about that later. There is back, to, back, to, back to your, I didn't back want to, to Java. I have Java. to interrupt you because there are too many ideas, but the, uh, the uh, Java on Travel is compiled to bytecode. And then it's not. Oh, oh it's not. Java is compiled to the bytecode, and then it runs on Java on Truffle. Yeah, exactly. And then at, at runtime, it gets JIT compiled without going to bytecode again. Yeah, so the Truffle uses the bytecode as the tree, right? Yes, okay. uh, for, for building the tree, right? Yeah. So, yes, and then and then it can run. So that kind of elevates Java, if you allow me this expression, to the status of other Graalvm languages. Yeah. Right. So the tooling that works for the other languages works now the same way for Java uh, when you run a Java. So Java. now finally, I can debug my Java in Chrome browser. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And you can profile that using using uh, the our profilers, and you can run it through our special integration in Visual VM. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but you also so the thing is, you can run your Java application within an other Java application. So that's what, like, you can run your Java implementation on in your Java application, and you can actually run this several layers. So Java on Truffle can run Java on Truffle, that can run yeah. Java on Truffle, that will take 15 minutes to hello world. What means? <laughs> but no, what but, means we could actually have something like very efficient AWS Lambda implementation, right? Uh, for Java, yeah, absolutely, right. Uh, you, you can have sort of a serverless environment where you have the runtime, the like uh, OpenGDK Gromium based runtime, and then like the request throws you some bytecode, and you say like, oh, let me execute this. Exactly. And of course, of course, of course, Truffle comes with the with the this the context uh, abstraction comes with all various checks and limits, so you can say like, oh, I would like this code to run. At, at most one second, and there is like this much memory that you can uh, you can use, and this much CPU, and they're somehow enforced. Uh, so the, there is a sort of a sandbox for the truffle that you can use uh, to mm -hmm. kind of isolate. So almost almost Docker, right? In a truffle already. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, yeah, yeah, like a secret like, namespace is what you're talking. This is a, I mean, for me, I try yeah. to map you know the ideas. It's like a Docker yes. ideas implemented into Java. Yes, yes. So there is there is a sandbox that that the level of isolation that works for the Truffle languages, right? So and you can run your Java on Java, uh, and besides that being like a very kind of interesting goal in itself, that is also a very cool. Uh, it opens uh, some cool use cases. For example, you can run your application fully on say Java eleven or Java eight, and you can run certain libraries using Java and Truffle with Java eleven. Mm -hmm. If you want to, right? So you have that degree of separation, uh, or or some benefits are becoming apparent uh, for when when we think about the native image technology, right? When because you can native image can take your Java application and compile that ahead of time to the binary. What I suggested here, because we are one hour, we are talking about one hour. Then in another oh. episode, we will just cover native image. I think there is enough right. to talk, because otherwise it will, we will have two hours. I would invite you back just to talk about native image and all optimizations and what to do, because uh, you can do a really cool things like you know command line applications, uh, shipping custom runtimes and, and and stuff like that just with GraalVM, 
and uh, yeah. be a completely different topic, I would say. But um, what back to the Java source code. So what appears to me, the work start uh, started by a student, and then uh, you, you saw that and say, hey, this is more interesting than we originally thought, and then you dedicated some more resources to to make a product out of that, right? Or oh, we originally thought that this is very interesting. Okay, but they work. Okay. They work. That that's that's uh, it's it's still the work has started as an internship project uh, with the degree of flexibility and freedom for the for the uh, for the students implementing that, right? And then the initial implementation was uh, in a fairly good shape. It validated some assumptions about performance, for example, and then uh, we we took it to the next level, right? And this year in January, I think we had the initial release of Java and Truffle. It's called Espresso, uh, right? It, the code name is Espresso. The official name is Java and Truffle, okay. uh, and and yeah, and it has a few like so. Currently, it is not fast, right? It's not fast enough yet, right? Mm -hmm. It's it is decently fast, like it's not like horribly slow, right? But there are a number of like you compare that to Hotspot, which is a very fast runtime, mm -hmm. right? Like it's it it <laughs> it's 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 really not easy and like. People very often say like, oh, Graal and like Graal and team, they talk about performance and they kind of sort of bash on Hotspot or like CTU or whatnot, right? Like mm -hmm. that is not true, right? There is uh, Graal VM distributions are based on OpenJDK, right? So like we sort of depend on that project. Uh, it's a, and, and, and there is no, there is just actual respect uh, for the teams that are, they are doing that, right? And when yeah. they say just something, something is like faster, it doesn't mean that the, the, counterpart is slow, right? It just means it's slower, but it's Yeah, and there, there are different, I would know, fastness, right? <laughs> uh, options, because the native image is uh, actually currently a little bit slow, slower than the JVM execution, but it, it starts faster. So what can happen here is that, for instance, you can say, okay, this uh, Espresso or Java on Travel is particularly interesting for serverless environments because it, it loads and starts very, very fast. But the execution time, so the execution optimization are slower, but it doesn't matter because you know, if, if a, such a function starts and stops in 100 milliseconds, who cares, you know, how far, I mean, they're completely different use cases. So talking just about performance is sometimes absolutely pointless, right? Because... Yeah, yeah, yes. So performance is something that you, you have your SLA, right? You have your, like, the performance is relative, right? So exactly, exactly. But like so, just 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 to clarify, Java Truffle performance profile will be will be similar to Hotspot, right? Will be similar to this JIT compilation. So it will start, it will load the classes, it does everything that the JVM needs to do: verify classes, load classes, find them, create the class loader hierarchies, load them, uh, and then it specializes itself and then compiles at runtime. So there is a JIT compilation step, and then it gets makes it faster. Uh, but in both cases, the startup and the uh, the this runtime throughput performance are currently not comparable to to like even OpenGDK with C2. Not even talking about like GraalVM, uh -huh. uh, because it, we just didn't get much to optimizing performance uh -huh. uh, because we we focused on correctness and uh, working out the, uh, the the things. One so performance is yet 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 to come. But one cool thing about Java and Truffle, which can be used right now, is the uh, enhanced hot swap capabilities. Uh huh. Uh, because it's a it's a new kind of sort of like the structure how how Java and Truffle implements things, right? This like just the the, the trees, right? It allows for easier code reloading implementations. Uh -huh. So 
what we did, we implemented the Java hot swap, which is when you're running in a debug session, you can you can instruct your IDE uh, to send the new bytecode to the running process, mm -hmm. and the running process will replace uh, that code in in the running application, right? So, so the so normal Java hot swap, mini, mini mini application server, right? Which is very exciting. Uh, no, no, no. Like it's like the no, no. I mean, no kidding. You could have one running process. And hot patch, you know, like you know, this is the infrastructure, and hot patch the business logic. Yes, but like it's not like it's not unique to Java and Truffle. So hot hotspot can do that within a debug session, just like that. And but hotspot is limited to patching the method bodies mm -hmm. in debug session. In a debug mm -hmm. session, of course. So you can patch the method bodies, and Java and Truffle uh, allows you to modify more things. Like within the running process. Yeah, what what would so, be cool just to be able to reliably replace the entire thing. You know, you say uh, this is my like uh, part, which is the business logic, and I would like transactionally or atomically replace the entire thing. So not you know single methods, yeah. rather than the entire area. This would be yeah, yeah. Or, or like a like a the classes add new methods, change methods, change signatures, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, uh, and it's it's a little. I, bit I'm thinking like about you know a small. Like, like a function, right? So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're thinking about the pr pr production use cases, right? Yeah, I'm thinking about production, oh, and so you are so like uh, the, the 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 research use cases. So so current, yeah. So currently, currently, this is more targeting the development use cases mm -hmm. because even like you don't normally run your production in a debug session uh, as well, right? But uh, no, well, potentially, potentially you can. Like, there's nothing that prevents you to debug in production. Cloud could. Right. Uh, I mean, I think so. Cloud could do whatever they like. Uh, I would just push my bytecode, and they will reload. Yeah, and they what they are like, doing, I don't care. Right. Yes. Though they, they potentially yes, yes. But there are currently also not all changes are supported. So, namely, one is a sort of a large limitation uh, is that the fields changes the fields are not supported yet. Uh, we are working on that, but uh, but the, the the field changes are not yet covered, uh, which. Which makes it still like a limited use case, but it is already more powerful than hotspot hotspots uh, hotspot functionality. But you will get there. Uh, what's what's interested me, you know, the possibilities and what's what is going to be possible. This is the exciting part, and maybe yes. with that, it would be also possible to create the WebAssembly at the end of the day, because the Java runs now inside Graldium, maybe another internship project. You know, it would be technically possible to learn from that and create a you know Basm. Well, yeah, maybe, 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 it maybe. Who knows? I mean, just you know, because you are already running on Gradium and Gradium knows about Basm, and it's the same tree. I mean, technically, it should be possible to somehow, you know, evaluate what happens there and create Basm, whatever. So this would be interesting case, right? I think this is mixing two different projects, but it would be it would be interesting to run like so. Like for Basm, there are two use cases, and I think people. This is what people. In general, think when when running on like compiling to Wasm. One is you want to run this in the browser. Less interesting, mm -hmm. right? Uh, one is to run in the browser, and the other one is to run on the like a like backend Wasm runtimes. And the right? most interesting is to run Wasm in the caches. What you can you uh, run? You can you can run Wasm on on edge. Um, this means on clouds, like you know, there is a cloud front, uh, for instance, or uh, I think Fastly. I forgot the name. So you can actually run Vasm code directly in the cache and provide some routing, you know, caching validation, 
and whatever. This is a, yeah. this is really interesting part. But yes, but like that is the back end. <laughs> this is the right. back end, and it moves almost to the front end. You know, so this is a yeah, very yeah. So, front so back end. It, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, and you can you can very easily just uh, just put the whole graph VM in it. Yeah, this is what I meant. Uh, because yeah, but like, uh, like, but but like what I mean, what I mean is, it's not like you compile GraalVM functionality to Wasm and put it into, uh, say, this edge cache implementation, right? Mm -hmm. But you have a cache implementation that uses full GraalVM, and yep. then you can. Cur so, currently, it's not that right. Currently, you have to ship Wasm. Currently, it's not that, but it would be very interesting. And the same yeah. thing is, like, where pe people very often ask us, oh, when should should we maybe release a browser? Based on GraalVM, so you can you can like program front end using other languages, okay. and like in a nutshell, that would be a very interesting project, right? Like, yeah. Placing taking maybe Chromium and replacing the eight with GraalVM, uh, given that we did that for Node.js, we sort of potentially can yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, there is more work. There is more work that Node.js uses, like only a subset on of uh, of uh, functionality that the browser uses when embeds. Uh, but like it could be possible, but it's also like it would be much much more impactful if someone who already has a browser would do that rather than yeah. Browser. And the problem is the acceptance. You know, for instance, the Google Chrome they supported a Dart language, and they stopped to supporting yeah. that, uh, and they just support JavaScript. It is would be really hard yeah. to argue for Oracle to support such a thing uh, regarding you know the uh, community acceptance and security is the next one. Everyone would ask you know what about yeah. security and this is but yes. it, interesting for sure. Yes, and so one interesting use case where you build in GraalVM technology is, uh, for example, the database. The yeah. same way as you said, the caches, right? Yeah. Uh, this uh, there is a very large chunk of applications which are actually the database, and exactly. there is a one vendor of databases which is very close to GraalVM. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, it, it's been it's been. Very interesting development. So now, currently, I think you have GraalVM in the Oracle database. Yeah, and this uh, is also interesting because uh, I mean, uh, you could write, right? Not yet, but you could write that stored procedures kind of stored procedures in Java. And if the data is close, uh, sorry, the business logic is close to the data, uh, it is the most simple way to develop applications. So if you if you are okay with it, it's just really interesting. It's called. Um, I mean, this could be also you know moving. The business logic closer to the edge and closer to the data, which uh, with GraalVM would be a Java, for instance, or one of the yeah. GraalVM languages for me as Java developer Java. Uh, and, uh, yes. and and I don't know whether you're aware of it, but uh, Oracle started with that. There was some project called Aurora uh, Virtual Machine. It was like 1996 or 1997, and I tried with that. You could already run back then Java applications in Oracle DB, but they were slow. And, uh, and now with GraalVM, it is really fast. So, I mean, I'm really excited about that because I experimented with that at the beginning of Java already. I think it was JDK 1.1. So if you search for Aurora Oracle, you will find the old documentation at, uh, at Oracle. Yeah. So perfect. What I would really like to do, invite you back and just talk about native compilation and whatever you'd like to talk, right? Because you are the evangelist, so you have yeah. enough topics. But um, there are so many misconceptions and you are the perfect you know, guy to, to cover that. And uh, because you know, if I mention GraalVM somewhere in my projects, that uh, my my clients immediately think just about the native compilation, which is a for, for me just a small part and interesting for small for some use case, but not for everything. But uh, GraalVM is is more than that. And if you like, we can cover this in a one subsequent episode. So where people can find you on the internet? 
yeah, yeah, I would be absolutely honored to 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 come and talk about native image specifically, right? I think there's very easily to cover one episode. Maybe we will have it a series even more because that is a yeah. very large and exciting topic. Uh, uh, so I would be happy. I would be happy to share what I know about that. Uh, people can find me on the internet. Uh, I am on Twitter, so you can at Shalayev, uh, and you will see me on Twitter. Uh, I am. Yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter. You can send me an email. I'm always. I meet you. So you're, you are a blogger, right? So there is uh, some excellent article from you. Uh, yeah, you can. Oh, well, if you're interested in GraalVM, you should you should maybe just go and check out the GraalVM Steam blog on Medium, medium.com/slash/GraalVM, okay. mm -hmm. uh, or just go and look through the website, which is GraalVM.org. Uh, mm -hmm. We try to make it kind of sort of product-like, uh, much more, right? And uh, like if you compare that to other some other Java. Website. Yeah. I think we are doing a. Uh, yeah. a, a it looks good, job. and you can find. You know, it looks nice, and uh, you will. Re it is really waste structure. So. Yes. Thank you very much. Right. So yeah, there is plenty of information there from uh, the high level overuse and how it works to getting started and everything. So this is very very exciting, and specifically for digit compilation, there is there should be no obstacles to trying this. Maybe if you if you just want to try. Uh, like maybe your workload isn't optimized as well as you would expect. Talk to us, raise an issue. We are always open to chat, uh, and then yeah, we'll see. And if it even if it uh, speeds up your workloads for like a few percent, that is think about think about that. Uh, yeah, two percent is one salary every four years. Right. So oh, if you, if you if in the last if if the last four years you haven't given one salary back to anyone, then you shouldn't scoff at two percent. Okay. That is a, then I'll file the bug in advance and hope your salary gets increased. You know, this would be the better strategy. Right. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Of course, this is an, uh, like a, it's a joke, right? But it's also part of the joke. As the as the workload through, like grow larger and larger and larger, any performance improvement is a good improvement. Yeah. So yes. Uh, yeah, and then check out the languages. Uh, look at the some blog posts on Jamon Truffle. It is it is very exciting development. Uh, I think personally, one of my favorite parts of the Gradient project. Uh, they are all excellent, but this is uh, really, 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 truly uh, fascinating. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. See you next time.